All righty, welcome to Local Cast Episode Five, everyone to Ohio. I'm your host, Rick Harding, and I'm here with the uh, always present Craig Maloney. How we doing, Craig? Good. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm going back and forth. I'm I'm trying to debate whether or not I had a a, a good letdown today. I, I fought hard and tried to uh, submit myself to be a co-host for Floss Weekly on the Twit Network. And after listening to our stuff, I was told you got potential, kid, but you need more experience. You need so, a more practice. Yeah, so I'm feeling like, yeah, yeah all right, I have potential. Um, but I'm also feeling like that, you know, kid out of college who's like, you know, how do I get a job without experience? How do I get experience without a job? You know, so yeah, I, I know that all about that. Fortunately, <laughs> we have this, so I can get experience and get to work on it. And part of getting this new experience going is LocalCast is now going to expand and have our first interviewee co-host, Amber Grainer. How are you doing, Amber? I am great, guys. How are you? Oh, we're just excited to have more people on our show. Yay, yay. Woo, happy dance time. <laughs> exactly. So, Amber, I wanted to bring you on because I saw you were posting about UbuCon at Pi Ohio, and we were talking about that, and I was like, you know what? That would be awesome to have as a first uh, interviewee co-host and wanted to find out more about this stuff. So we should probably start out and introduce you. So, Amber, who are you? Oh, wow. That is a loaded question. Well, basically, <clears throat> I'm a very active uh, member in the uh, Ubuntu community. I, I'm an organizer. Uh, my background is event organization and, and being a hotel manager person. So I like to participate in the community and encourage people around me to participate and support and, and and learn about Ubuntu and open source. And I try to do it always with a smile and a sense of humor. So um, I also remind people that there's a place for everyone in the community, not just the Ubuntu community, but uh, open source in general. There is a place for everybody, um, regardless of their technical skill or lack thereof. So um, I just want to you know get people involved that way so they don't have to worry about whether they know a command line or not. So I'm that little cheerleader. Hey, 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 hey. Command lines for everybody now. No, no. <laughs> it sounds like that's a really, really good goal. I know that that's a big thing Ubuntu's worked on as a kind of fork from the Debian community was finding a place for the non-developers. And it sounds like that's right up your alley there. Well, it is. I've been on the peripheral of uh, open source since the early 90s. Um, the military started using open source back in the 92 um, at Fort Bragg to get troops um, when they go wheels up back then, um, when they were in the air, until they hit the ground, there was no real intel for them. Whatever intelligence they left the ground with is what they hit the ground with. And so they started using some open source um, platforms to test how to get troops that intel while in flight um, and on their way to a target area. Um, so I've been on the peripheral and I saw it, but you had to learn command line stuff. And I saw people having to write scripts and write code. And I know my husband got involved with it. It was a stack of, of disks a mile high. And I took a look at it and went, good luck with, good, good luck with that. Kind of shut his office door and didn't look back, you know, for 18 years. So um, That's depressing. Finally. That's the fun stuff. Oh. Uh, no, you know, I, that one, disk 22 <laughs> goes kaflooey. Uh, yeah, and so I just—I guess it just wasn't my thing then. Right. Uh, I was just too busy. Um, 
So I know it, it's everyone's got their things, you know, their their itch to scratch, and and I definitely understand that. So that's awesome. I'm I'm glad to see that there's someone like you in the uh, Ubuntu land, or and even just in open source in general, like you say, bringing the uh, the non-developers and on the non-command line lovers. I can't believe they exist, but all right, I'll I'll cave and. You know. If I have to use a command line, something is wrong. Oh, you and George would get along. George always likes to say that the command line, uh, the terminal, is a bug. I say it's the most powerful tool out there. So, you know, we go back and forth. Well, I will <laughs> admit, now for some things, it's it's a whole lot easier, you know, just to, you know, use my little arrow key and go back to whatever command I last used and hit enter and it runs its thing. So, <laughs> you know, there's some things that it they, it does. Like when I do, when I update, I don't. Ever, I don't use the GUI. I just use the command line. But I got to that point only after I learned how to use the GUI. Yeah, no, it's it's got its place. That's that's good to know that you're not 100% against it. No. So in, with Ubuntu in particular, what what are you kind of involved in that we might have uh, seen you in or heard about you in recently? Um, until June, I was involved um, as the Ubuntu Women Project Leader. And and now recently, I'm the editor-in-chief for Ubuntu Weekly News, and I'm the news team, um, that team's project lead there. Um, so that encompasses the fridge a- and the newsletter. Um, I'm involved in the North Carolina Loco team. Um, gosh, what else am I doing? Oh, I help with Ubuntu Weeks, like organizing uh, um, Ubuntu Open Week, App Week, or App Dev Week that's coming up, um, right. Developer Week. So I help George and John and them organize all those um, weeks and then I also organize um, events like Linux Fest and Ubicons and booths you know if there's an event that I can organize I'll figure out a way to organize well, it. Well let's yeah let's get to that then so I, I you know we, we've uh, been talking about Ohio Linux Fest just because you know Craig and I are fans when we've been going for I don't know what four or five years or something now and this was the first year I had seen something about I mean we've kind of had an Ubuntu presence we've had some Ubuntu you know, birds of a feather stuff and all that, but there's an actual UbuCon now. So what's a, what's an UbuCon and how's that going to fit into OLF? Well, it's funny. The UbuCons in the U.S. Um, since mm, not including, I guess 2007 when they did Ubuntu Live. That's something completely different. Um, an UbuCon in the U.S. is basically a mini Ubuntu conference. And how I got started in that was. I got frustrated because I wanted to have an Ubuntu user conference. Like you have um, Linux Fest. I wanted a user conference. The problem was finding enough funding for the type of conference I wanted to have or that right. I envisioned, you right. know, that, that experience that I wanted participants to have. So I couldn't get enough funding for that. But what I could get was events like Atlanta Linux Fest or uh, Scale out in Southern California, that, that Linux Expo. Um, places like Southeast Linux Fest and now Ohio Linux Fest, who would say, you know what, we can give you space the day before. That's we can cool. give you a space the day before if you'll organize an Ubicon. Right. And sometimes there's a you know nominal fee, like a hundred bucks or you know whatever. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's a cost for um, AV equipment, but usually you can find a sponsor for that kind of stuff. And so what it is is just that day people come and and. 45 minutes to an hour chunks, um, talk about Ubuntu, something related to Ubuntu that people would um, like to hear about. It's geared more toward the novice um, and beginner, but that's not to say if the demand was higher for um, a hands-on type thing, like how to write a driver. That's what we did in Atlanta, you know, how to, how to um, write a device driver. Um, so if that demand is there, then you can bring that in. 
but it's really just geared about getting together and talking about Ubuntu in an organized fashion. Yeah, I was checking out your guys' schedule. Uh, you know, you have some speakers lined up, and uh, you know, we we know a couple of them there. Um, but it seems like yeah, like you got a nice little mix there of uh, you know the local community side. You've got you know George up there talking about getting started with some uh, probably some bite-sized bugs and stuff. I'd imagine. So yeah, some uh, low-hanging fruit. Yeah, exactly. So no, it sounds like it might be a good time. Um, I'm you know I have to see if we can get down there early enough. I don't know what uh, from 10 a.m. is a little. Uh, a little early for those of us coming up from uh, from Michigan, but we'll have to see if we can get down there in time. <clears throat> it would be great, um, and maybe you could even interview some speakers on the spot for your podcast and just drop hey. those interviews in there. See, we got to expand. We got guests yes. now. Now we have to get to mobile recording. You up for it, Craig? I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'll, I'll have I'll have some of my equipment there to do some recording. So if you guys want to. Oh. Jump in on that action. We can pass some interviews your way. And just a heads up, I got permission from the wife today to go. I have to find a babysitter, but I'm allowed to go now. I wasn't allowed at first. so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so heads up. So well, while we're on the topic of Ohio Linux Fest, I want to kind of get your take, you know, help uh, sell it to the other guys, the listeners out here. You know, what are you, what is, what's your favorite stuff out of Ohio Linux Fest? Have you been going for long, or are you kind of new to it, or what? Believe it or not, my very first Linux Fest was Southeast Linux Fest last year. Um, and so since then, I've probably been to like eight different events. <laughs> so I've had a great time. But I went last year to help out the Linux Pro booth um, because I, I do some freelance for Ubuntu user and, and Linux Pro. And so I was invited to help work their booth. And also, um, a couple of people I knew last year were speaking. To me, Ohio is really geared toward those users. Um, you don't have to... I mean, they do have some technical tracks and, and, and geared toward the, the seasoned Linux user. But yeah. to me, it's really, their audience is really those people who, who can come in, learn something, and then go and pass it along to the rest of the world and then bring more people in the next year. So it's those people who have used it for a little while. And then they're, they're just getting their foothold to be able to say they're an intermediate or an advanced um, Linux user, so it's it brings in the beginners with things like uh, all the events on on Friday, um, the Ubicon and things like that, um, diversity workshops on Sunday, but and, and they have classes, so they have classes you can pay for too. So they have that they have that um, tutorial side of it. They have the beginner side of it. They have some diversity they throw in there, um, and then all their speakers are not like they are. I mean, they all. I wouldn't say that. Any of their speakers don't have their own little fan club somewhere, you know, because they're very popular speakers. But they're very personable speakers, too. So after they speak, they're more than willing to speak to other people who might have had a question afterwards or sit down at a dinner um, across the table from somebody who is brand new to all this and talk to them at, you know, at length about something. So they're not standoff speakers. They're not um, – the participants aren't standoff. Everybody's so welcoming, Um at Ohio, and that's not to say the other ones aren't like that. It's just by the time I got to the Ohio Linux Fest, um, by the time I got to the Ohio Linux Fest last year, I got to know some people, so it was awesome right. to go there and then see them in a different light. Yeah, it makes a big difference when you actually know people at a conference. Although 
Um, OLF is definitely they do definitely gear towards the beginning years. I know I've submitted talks uh, before, and uh, you know I'm more on the technical side, so I think my talks were kind of turned down because they were a bit too too much. But they they're very big about you know bring someone who doesn't use Linux with you when you come. You know we'll get them using Linux before they leave kind of thing. So that's kind of cool that as as someone who hasn't gone before that your first time that you kind of got that vibe out of it. That's uh, let them know that they're doing a good job with what they're trying. What their mission is sounds like. Well, well, they do, and, and I mean, when you've got a lineup like Paul Frields from, you know, Red Hat or or Mad Dog, they can speak at a very highly technical level, or they can bring it down to the, and I don't say down as in like I'm right. looking down. Oh yeah, yeah, no. That, or or they can they can not they can you know get rid of all the crud and all the technical stuff and really make it and hook somebody to come in and get them excited. Um, because they realize, wait, I don't have to be at this level to be involved. I can get involved just where I'm at right now and grow to be something bigger and better. So, Very cool. Well, I, we look forward to seeing you down there. That's coming up. Oh, geez. I was just going to look at what the, the dates are. What, the 10th is the UbuCon, so then the conference is the 11th, and then everyone will be staggering home on Sunday the 12th. So get your hotel reservations and get down there. It's uh, It's a really good setup they've got, so make sure you guys head down to Ohio Linux Fest this year. And we will see you all down there. But I wanted to shift gears because we are local cast, and we haven't really done a great job with the whole loco side of things yet. But with you on, we really wanted to kind of get a feel. We're both members, you know, and big in the the Michigan loco. But I'm really curious on how other locos work and operate and stuff. And wanted to see like how your North Carolina loco is and how active and stuff you guys and what you guys are up to. Well, <clears throat> some of the recent activities um, after we came back from UDS. Um, this last time, uh, well, maybe it was Dallas. It was Dallas, actually. Fabian, or Magic Fab, um, if he's found online, he's one of the canonical people, started this thing called Ubuntu Hours. And that's just meeting somewhere for an hour. And it's not anything really organized other than to say, somebody during this hour have a Ubuntu sticker or an Ubuntu shirt on. If you see them, just come hang out with them. And it's just an hour at a coffee shop or at a pub or whatever. Um, and so the guys that are in the Winston-Salem area here um, have started an Ubuntu hour every week, and they're really keeping it up. They're, they're keeping it going. It's at a coffee shop. <clears throat> and I drove up there once. It's about two and a half hours from me, so I can't go up Ooh, there all ouch. the time. Yeah. So, so I've driven there um, once to just be with everybody and hang out. Kind of took the entourage from up here to, to there. So that, that was fun. And then we have team members there in western North Carolina near Asheville who have revived the Western North Carolina Lug Group. So that meets once a month. So I try to get there once a month as well, um, but that's also an hour <clears throat> an hour from me. And then we have the folks in the um, Triangle area um, near you know Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. Um, they're great at hosting their release parties. So <clears throat> they go, um, I think the first one that I helped organize in that area was for Jaunty. And so... Um, Big crew. It was at the um, the Flying Saucers a bar. I don't know if you guys have one. This is a chain, um, but they the Flying Saucer gives space. I forgot where they held the last one at. Hmm, I should know this, but um, <laughs> but they had this great release party, um, and they also participate in a lot of the trilog activities. So the triangle um, lug group up there. So they participate in in that as well. Now that's about four hours for me, and I haven't been back there in about a year. Um, but I think I'm going to go next month um, to participate in some of the trilog stuff. So, um, so we have that going on all over the. All, it sounds you know, like you have the same problem that we have, where we've got the West Michigan side of the state, and I don't know if there's anyone out in the Northern Michigan side either. But how do you do? You, do you know of a way to really get 
you know, different disparate areas of, of the state together? Well, some of the things that we do, and one of the things um, that I try to do is I have a few people um, that I'm friends with um, that I, I consider, I mean, I'm friends with almost everybody in the, the loco team that I know, but close friends, you know, that live by me. Um, and I try to say, hey, let's take a drive to wherever these people are meeting. Let's take a drive to wherever these people are meeting. And sometimes it's a it's a four-hour drive. Like I've driven to uh, Raleigh before, and I, I've driven to um, Greensboro, which is about three hours from me. And so I think a lot of that depends on just finding one person in a particular area that you can connect with. Um, and a lot of times that connection is not online. That connection is through a phone call or face-to-face if you can do it because all of a sudden it's not a computer anymore. It's a person. It's a face with a name, and it has a personality. And, you know, that name has a personality, not it being the person it. But, you know, um, that person, you put a face with a name, and all of a sudden that area becomes real to you. And once that area is real and you realize that's people and I know them, then you get excited for them to succeed. So you say, hey, I had this idea. We're not going to do it here. Maybe you can do it there. And, and you share those ideas. And you and even if you have this really great idea that you can't do, but you know somebody in another area could, can do it, give it to them and say, here, do this. And, and, and show that excitement. And I think a lot of times it's just about being excited and being available for people. So sometimes when people have to go and read a wiki page, it's flat to them. But if yeah. they can talk to somebody, it's all of a sudden real and it's alive and it means more. So I think connecting voices and then, you know, in real life sometimes if that's if that's available to people. Um, I'm lucky enough to where I can get in the car and, you know, drive somewhere and go see people. But um, And that makes a difference. So if you can just connect to one person in a particular area and get them excited, they'll carry your momentum and then they'll build their own momentum. Yeah, I guess that's one of the great things about the loco and the the community there is that it does kind of force you to find other people. And we, you know, I know about you guys, but our IRC channel is pretty much busy most of the day. Um, we've got a bunch of regulars, and while we have, I mean, I don't know, gobs and gobs of actual Launchpad members, we probably have a good solid twenty or thirty that we've met, that we've hung out with at times, that we chat with on IRC all the time. And you know, compared to it's kind of interesting comparing to like my experience with other you know distros and things that I've or other, even other communities, be it uh, you know language based, you know Python or whatever, or or even just like you know normal computer society, whatever you know stuff. That the uh, the locos seem to be a much more tight knit kind of friendly thing. I've got to say it's kind of one of the great things. Like as, as much as I have my frustrations with Ubuntu, I think the loco community has got me has actually saved a couple of uh, installs after the next version of Ubuntu's been released that I've uh, you know kept installing almost partially just because of the uh, the local community. Have you guys kind of seen that kind of, uh, it, it's more different, you know, tight-knit than your other, like you guys talk about your Trilog and stuff like that? Well, for me it is. Um, n- now, we one of the other things that we do to sort of bring people together is we try to participate in other areas of Ubuntu, not just our local team. So we participate in... Um, the news team, user days, Ubuntu weeks, Ubuntu studio, um, Linux fest. So we try to participate in those as well. Um, and by doing that, even if somebody gets frustrated with one particular thing. Yeah. It's good that you guys can turn uh, local membership into actual Ubuntu activity. Uh, you have to, we have to confess that we're not always the best with that. We, we've had our, our flashes of brilliance and then we've had our, 
our uh, our dull times where we don't really actually get a lot you know a lot going from our from the loco itself. We have that too. I mean, we we have those key members like you guys were talking about. Like you have those yeah. that, that that core group of people who kind of seem to be everywhere. So we have that group, and a, a lot of times you come across as clicky sometimes. I think, and so it's very being close is one thing. Being clicky is what you want to avoid, and sometimes that's that's hard when you know some people better than other people, or yeah. when some somebody's a family member versus just somebody you just met so um try to keep the click out of it and the but the community growing so that's a challenge at times too but i think to get out and reach more people through other teams too and by doing that then you're encouraged so your energy levels you know maintained and so then you can go out and encourage somebody else like yourself who said you know they saved a couple installs or you know for you oh yeah so they were so they were able to keep their excitement up so then they could you know share that with you yeah, no, it's definitely nothing, especially like with Ohio Linux Fest coming up, nothing makes you feel more refreshed and, and, and eager to get at stuff than coming back from a good community conference where you, you get to interact with some other people, you know, from the community and stuff. So that's very cool. Um, well, while we got you, I wanted to, I, I hear rumor has it that you're trying to start up a podcast yourself there. And I want to give you a chance to get any kind of plugging you would like to, to get out the way here while we got you. Yeah, um, actually... Jeremy Foshi, who's actually on the the Canonical Colonel team, he's uh, the uh, Canonical he's Colonel Bug smart Triager. Oh, you hanging out with the smart crowd? I just, we just we just I, I, we just have George. We've got community guys. We don't have the smart super geniuses Colonel guys. Well, I have to be honest and in full disclosure, my husband is actually the Canonical Colonel manager. So the Colonel oh. team manager. So I, I got to be you know, but I don't ask him for stuff. I don't go to him. I go to his team if something breaks, but I don't. I don't go to him. Um, and and early on when I got started, um, I know it's a long way to get to failure to communicate, but uh, <laughs> when I when I got started, um, my goal was if you go back to I think February twelfth um, of two thousand nine on my blog, the whole purpose of me doing this was without his help because not everybody has. Um, a colonel guy, colonel hacker sitting in their living room. And I did not want to have my experience in the community tainted because I used his no, knowledge. No, no, no. You're doing it all wrong. We abused George to no end. So, <laughs> I mean, I, actually, uh, I had a friend who, who mentioned that series to me, uh, someone who wasn't really in the community and that mentioned that, that it was a really neat series that you did. So, so yeah. So, 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 yeah, and I was pretty opinionated. John o tells me I was very opinionated. I thought I was being nice, but he tells me it was opinionated. So <laughs> so that was good. So now um, I've, I've asked Jeremy because he's really funny. He's a funny guy. And we don't really want it to be completely about Ubuntu. We really just want it to be a podcast um, where we talk about it. We have a failure to communicate. Um, so we're not really trying to give out official information on anything. We just want to laugh. And we want we don't want to take ourselves too seriously, and we don't want other people to take themselves too seriously. We just want a few minutes when people listen to go, what are they talking about? They need to put the crack pipe down, or um, they just laugh, and they say, oh, I was crying, I was laughing so hard, or that was stupid. You know, whatever, but it made them smile in some form or fashion. And we'll litter it with dashes and pinches of Ubuntu because I can't have a conversation with anybody without talking to Ubuntu. <laughs> I can't even go out to dinner without handing out a CD or something. So, uh, um, so you know, where's so, um, yeah. so where where's this at then? Where where can people go to go find uh, the you know your downloads and your episodes and subscribe and and follow this well, up? Right now, it's on my blog, so it's on akgrainer.com. Hopefully, 
by next week, it will be sitting on its own blog, um, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll have that information. Because I've been a little busy, and I hadn't got the website oh. up, so I've, I've got to do that. But That's right. We can attest that no one really begins to listen until the third or fourth episode anyway. So, oh, good. I'm five, so people will yeah, be Yeah, my listening. mom hasn't even subscribed yet. So, um, so I asked for some help from uh, – I don't know if you're familiar with um, – uh, if you met him or not, Nick Alley, he was bored in blogging. He did the Ubuntu yeah, podcast. So. Yeah, I, th- I think um, uh, we've ch- had cross paths at one point or something, but it was more of a, a lighthearted thing. So I, d- I really don't uh, – we don't know each other or anything, but I know who you're talking about. So so, so he said uh, – he gave me almost the same feedback that you did earlier about um, our first episode. So um, – <laughs> And he said, Amber, you really need to you really need to put up its own you know web page, and you, you really yeah. need to have its own RSS feed. So we're gonna, you know, we're, it's coming, but we want to work Good. out the kinks in unofficial fashions, so to say. So. So there you go. We're, we're first. We got the first dibs here. You heard it here yeah. first, first, folks. When when their podcast gets huge and is uh, all over the place, we can say it all started right here on LocoCast. I can say that. Yes. Ah, there we go. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, we have a few topics we wanted to cover, and we wanted to invite you to hang out and give some uh, opinions if you like, Amber. Um, this one, I hear I'm pretty good at that. So. Uh, we like opinions. And this one you guys are probably sick of hearing about by now because we've covered it now, I don't know, for three or four straight episodes. The whole Ubuntu Stack Exchange saga continues. So first up, this, the great Ubuntu Stack Exchange saga moves on, and you're all probably sick of hearing about it by now because we've covered it for the last three or four episodes, except I have to bring it up because I've completely, totally, and utterly switched sides. I know. What? You changed your mind? <laughs> all right. So ranchers, wow. ranchers can get started. All right. That, you know, I've completely flip-flopped on this one. However, I have to say... This is how it went down. Last time we talked about how people were against Ubuntu getting their own stack exchange, they thought the better way to go was a combined Unix, uh, you know, Unix Linux stack exchange. To which my reply was, <laughs> um, actually, it was a little more intelligent than that. It was, it was mainly that I, I don't think that the uh, having a larger community segment like that would, would help the stack exchange at all. It would only flood it with too much stuff. So I like the idea, if you're going to do it, of just doing an Ubuntu one. And they did. So all happiness, you know, everyone's good. They're working on their Ubuntu stack exchange. And then I find out that the Unix, Linux stack exchange people aren't happy. So they petitioned the stack exchange uh, software owners, the site you know, owners, to actually merge it, merge the two exchanges together. So you'd have one site after all. I have to give them a lot of credit, though. The guys at Stack Exchange did a very, very intelligent thing, and I really love that they did this. They emailed people that were signing up for the Ubuntu one, but not for the Unix Linux one. And they asked them, hey, why? Do you just not know the other one exists? And they got these replies back that were like, I really don't care about the Unix Linux one. I only care about the Ubuntu ones. And some points were brought up on how Ubuntu being a very, you know, user-friendly, desktop-orientated, has a totally, you know, has a very different market than your your average Unix, Linux site's going to have. And I thought, you know, Stock Exchange, kudos. Kudos, guys. Good job, you know, for doing some research before you actually go through and just do whatever you're asked to do. 
Except they still weren't happy. So the, <laughs> the Unix guys are still going, well, no, no, no. We should put this to a vote. We should create a vote where now we can request that if you would like them merged, you vote for it. And if you want them not merged, you must go and also vote for it. Well, of course, no one on the Ubuntu side is going to vote for it. They, they, they already have what they want. We've got our own site. All this basically irritated me to no end. So I said, screw it. I'm supporting the Ubuntu Stack Exchange. I signed up. I answered questions. I'm getting karma points or whatever. And I would you know, ask everyone else well, to go ahead and points do this. That I can't get. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry that you haven't used Stack Exchange before. If you're on another site and you sign up on this one, you start out with 100 points. Yeah, well, I'm going to go sulk. <laughs> Poor Craig. He got I denied. I have one point. What point is that? No, she says she what, has one denied? point. Like oh, I you do. Have, oh, I have, you one, have one point. point. I'm sorry. I'm thinking like bullet points. <laughs> See, you should not do this this late at night. I, mean, I have a baby. This is entirely. This is like 2 a.m. equivalent. Um, <laughs> anyways, so what we, we want to do is I, there are going to be a lot of links in the show notes. I'm going to link you guys to the different blog posts, the Stack Exchange posts saying, hey, we asked everybody. We looked into this. Um, and also to the site itself. And right now we're trying to get everyone together and get the Ubuntu Stack Exchange off the ground and running. It's, it's off the ground. Um, but you know what? It, it, I have to do a little bit of a I was right. Um, there have been some people that are confused. Why would I use Stack Exchange over the forums, over Launchpad Answers? And to the credit, the uh, you know George Castro and the guys have been doing a great job of saying, hey, this is how it works, and it works different, and it has its own benefits. So everyone should go out and get out there. Let's go get Craig some points. Go mark up, plus some of his uh, answers and replies and things in there. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the sympathy vote. <laughs> We'll, we'll get Craig up there soon, I promise. Since the burn already exists, since, every, since everyone has laid out the foundations, the blueprints have been drawn out, the lumber has been cut, let's raise the damn burn and be done with it. Exactly. And and I have, even on our podcast, the uh, failure to communicate when I mentioned Stack Exchange on there, and even Jeremy, um, JFO, um, he had a little bit of a rant on there about that. So, yeah, there are still some people um, confused, and um, yeah, I, we I need ran- to do a better job of, of um, unconfusing people. Yeah, I, I ranted for the last three episodes on it, and so... <clears throat> I'm I, I'm turned just like like I, you know Craig's got a good point. You know what? If the community is going to do it, then by all means, community, let's do what we do best and make good things happen. Um, and there's a little bit of a chicken and egg thing as George has brought up. You know that <clears throat> Canonical can't really step behind it and make this thing very official until people are using it. But then again, people aren't going to use it until it's known to be kind of official. So you know the those of us in the know need to step up and 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 do the work and and get it going to help get that official status kind of granted and then at that point i hear rumors you know that that some of the other some of the other options will go away and so hopefully it won't be as complex and as many places to go as there are today um but it's going to take a little bit of time if they can get rid of idea torrent i would be all happy is that still there yes <laughs> didn't we talk about that before yes we did uh, <laughs> uh Next up, let's talk about events. We've talked about Ohio Linux Fest going on. There's a couple other things going on. This weekend uh, is official Ubuntu Global Jam Time. You know, let's get our bugs, our packaging, our wiki editing all up and running. 
And the Michigan group is going to be over at SRT Solutions Building. Uh, there's more information on the wiki page, which will be in the show notes. And if you're not in the Michigan loco like us, if let's say you're in the North Carolina one and you want to know what was going on, you should definitely check out the new and improved loco.ubuntu.com site. They've done a great job getting this thing up and running. So you have one place to go to check out all the locos and they actually have stuff for schedule and reserving, not reserving. What's the term I'm looking for, Craig? Uh, RSVPing. RSVPing that you will go to the event. And so uh, go check out what your loco is doing for the, the jam. I know some of them are meeting on Friday, some Saturday, some are doing all weekend because they are crazy animals. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the North Carolina team, I think we're going to do a, a virtual global jam um, on our, in our IRC channel. People were just with back to school weekend and most of us yeah. having kids. It's just a little hard for people to do. That's right. As long as things get done. Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Every small bit counts. So other than that, we've got CodeMash coming up here in the area. That is the developers kind of conference. That's January 12th through 14th. They're still accepting talks and I still have not figured out at all what I'm going to submit. So if you see me, ask me where my talk is yet and I'll have to uh, come up with an answer. Just wait, swing it like George does. Uh, George is entirely too good at that. He he does the whole talk the day of. I, I like to put off at least a few slides till the day of, but I can't I can't wing the whole talk the day of. George, no. he's way too way too talented for me. He is. He's a very good public speaker. <clears throat> We need some kind of like fancy books intro here. And now for books. <laughs> we'll keep working on it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, you got a book for us this, uh, this episode? Sure. Uh, the book that I've been reading outside of a whole bunch of fiction um, is Web Design for Developers by Brian P. Hogan. This book is pretty darn good for getting the developer in you to start looking more like a designer. I've been looking at this some one. Folks don't, some folks don't really have the designer eye, so they, you know, they look at it and say, well, it looks good enough. That's good enough for me. Or, you know, like some designers, they like to put wood paneling on other sites. <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> I don't know where that happened. Yeah, I don't know exactly where that happened. Uh, what's really cool about it is uh, it goes through the steps of, you know, laying out the site, uh, determining what colors look really well with each other, uh, determining fonts and such. And then uh, bringing it all together with CSS. Um, it's a really cool book, and, and I highly recommend it for anyone out there who, like me, you know, they, they kind of know what they want to do with the site. They kind of know what looks good for them. They know what doesn't look good, uh, but they need to bring it all together. So highly recommended. Very cool. I've been looking at that one for a while because as I as I do do websites, I also know that what I do is not... It, it, I could definitely use a designer. Needs more designer. wood grain. Yeah, it needs more wood grain. <laughs> what was that even from? I can't even remember now. I just remember something horrible with wood grain. I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, is it a good book for those of us who are gooey people and not quote-unquote technical people? It would be really good for, for those. Um, the first few bits of it would probably be good for learning what exactly it is that 
um, you would need to do in order to lay out a site so that if you're talking to a developer, this is the things that they're going to be asking for. And But overall, I'd say that the book's focus is more toward the developer side of it. Yeah. Well, as long as it gets some good concepts through, because a lot of us developers or, or anyone that's doing sites, I don't know how much time we spend working on color palettes and things like that. Well, how much of it is just laziness, too, not really knowing how to do it and throwing it at the wall and saying, this is good enough? Hey, I didn't say why we don't know what color palettes and things oh, are. Sorry. We didn't have to go through and, and blame it on the lazy. I shouldn't give away the secrets, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Amber, I don't know. Do you read much? Are you have a, a book that you might be able to bring up to the masses here that you've been working on lately or you just finished? Uh, well, um, I just went back through the official Ubuntu book, the fifth edition. Uh-huh. Um because I was lucky enough to be one of the technical reviewers for that, so, um, so that was that that was cool. Um, so I did that, but there's um, there's a couple other books that I'm reading, and they're out in the other room, and I, I will butcher the title of them. But one's on social media, um, and and getting the most potential um, out of social media, and I'll shoot you the link and and the title of all that. Um, no, definitely, we'll put it in the show notes know, for, for sure. But uh, how, how's so, it but, going? It, the whole point to the book is if you're going to use social media, you won't, you'll see some results instantly, but you need to plan for the long term. Um, plan how um, Twitter and Identica and Dig and um, Facebook and, and all these other different social medias that are out there, um, how you can integrate them and get the most potential for each audience. Um, mm. and, and sometimes that doesn't, that doesn't happen overnight because all your friends are following you. And then it's like, who's your target audience because sometimes maybe your friends you want them to hear your stuff but maybe there's another audience out there too that you want to reach and so how do you reach that and how do you get to those so um i'll uh, i'll get that because for the life of me um i don't i just completely so you can't just spend mind. your whole time talking about the same thing over and over and over again and expect it to have the same impact and send it to all exactly. sites and send the same hmm. thing to all sites and get the same impact right no <laughs> so i'll uh I'll, I'll get the name of that um We've been doing it wrong, Craig. <laughs> so, I mean, well, you can do that, but at the same time, there's different, like, different people use Facebook who use Identica, who use right. Twitter. Definitely. Sometimes there's some, you know, if you drew the circles, there'd be some interaction or uh, overlay for those circles, but for the most part, they're going to be different. You know? Oh, yeah, we just got Craig on Twitter not not just a couple weeks ago, so we completely understand your your different audiences. That's good, that's good that it goes through and walks you through that. <sighs> but I don't always read tech books, though, so, you know. Yeah, no, that's all right. Not not everyone can be a techie, a uh, full all out. I, well, I told somebody one time in IRC, I said, you know, I can count, I can read pictures. <laughs> that's all you need. That's you know. <laughs> oh, let's see. I finally managed to finish my Pro Python book from A Press, and I have to say, my initial impressions didn't get a whole lot better as I got through the book. Um, I will say, it's not like it's a bad book. I want that to come across. I'm, I'm sounding negative on it, and but you're talking to a guy who's read. I've got to say in the neighborhood of seven or eight different Python books at this point. So <clears throat> it was it didn't have a lot of the new, you know, what I would call the pro level stuff that I was really looking for. It had a little bit. Um, it kind of comes across as much more of a reference book. And when it comes to reference books, nothing beats the Python Essential Reference, especially the latest edition. So at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? There's a couple good tidbits in here. Um, 
but you know, like the the chap the first chapter walks you through like all the different items in the Zen of Python, which you know we've all we've all been there, we've all done that. Um, you know, in the end, it's got a bunch of filler where it just basically has printed copies of some of the peps, pep eight, and the pep on how Python voting works and stuff. So it has a couple of good nuggets in it, but as far as a reference book, I, I've, it's not worth replacing my essential reference. So I have to say I, I gave it off to Craig to read and said, here, maybe you can get some good stuff out of it. And we'll Does it have that, that's just that, that chapter that has to show up in every single one of these expert or Python pro books where they talk about using version control and brushing your teeth? No, it's. I have to give it credit for that. It's not the uh, the professional programmer books. It's it is about Python. So each chapter is about Python itself, and not you know. Make sure you learn how to properly use your editor. You will be much more efficient if you do so. Um, but you know, so my 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 you know my final result is eh. It's you know it's there. So we'll probably pass it around the group and and see what other people think as we go through it. Alrighty, so that's going to bring this episode of LocoCast to an end. Uh, Amber, thank you so much for coming and joining us and hanging out. We really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. I had a great time, and every time I do one of these uh, podcasts, I always learn something new um, about how to something new I can take away and incorporate in other things that I do. So thanks so much for having me. Yeah, awesome. Well, we'll definitely see you down at uh, Ohio Linux Fest. And with that, I'm recording, signing off. And I'm Craig Maloney.